We are in a Beatitude series. Today is week eight of the Beatitudes. Please say this with me. Happy are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Today I'd like to share with you installment number eight of our Beatitudes series. And if you've missed any of the installments, we of course encourage you to go back and take a listen to the messages prior to today. They have taken us through a a journey of mercy and mourning and poor in spirit, um, pursuit after righteousness, those who are hungry. And we've done our best to try to illuminate what really is Jesus teaching about the condition of the kingdom and those people who are a part of his movement. And as we understand maybe a little bit more about the people that are a part of his movement or the conditions that are a part of his movement, We are inspired, encouraged, challenged once again to try to exemplify those kinds of behaviors. And again, not attitudes that we are to be, as if we're trying to attain to some sort of moral high ground, but ways in which we are to live into this world. And today I'm going to do the same thing with this message. I want to share with you a slight disclaimer. Normally when you give messages and teachings, um, there is some sort of correspondence that you look for. Oh, there's some history here. There's some teacher or somebody who has suggested this. And you're kind of like, okay, I think I'm kind of in lines with what other people have suggested or have taught or thought about before. And for this message today, I'm going to propose to you a reading of this passage that I haven't found anywhere, which means that I might be standing a little bit on my own in this, which is a little bit risky to do. And the reason why I share that disclaimer with you is because you guys are spark church. You know that we wrestle, we engage, we find arguments on one side, and we think about things, and we dig deep. So I share that disclaimer with you because I'm hoping that after I share that you'll do some digging, some research, some considerations, and then we can all be better as a result of the conversations that ensue. So this word persecuted, if you notice... I have quotations around that word, and I'm going to explain to you a little bit of why I've done that and hopefully share with you what I think may be going on in this passage. Because the word behind that word persecuted does mean persecuted, but it also has another connotation that I'd like to share with you that I think might cause us to think very differently about what it means to be persecuted because of righteousness. A while ago, a photojournalist by the name of Angelina Castillo happened to be at a One Direction concert. Now, I don't know if you know One Direction. I had to look them up myself. One, yes, I'm sorry. I'm terribly not hip on who they are. So I found an image on Google, and there they are. And this person photographed, while she was at the concert, a bunch of fathers who apparently got dragged into driving his daughters to the concert under the title, Dad's Slowly Dying Inside at a One Direction Concert. And this is some (laughs) of what, of the images that she captured. And I thought it would be a fun exercise for those of you who have some creative writing skills. It would be great for you to take some of these images and put little thought bubbles around them and say, what is this person thinking right now? What is going through their minds? What kind of, and I love the title, slowly dying inside. (sighs) 
And of course, because of my life now, I'm starting to think, oh dear Lord, this is going to be me one day. And somebody is going to capture me on video or on a picture. And yes, I'm preparing myself. Thank you for enduring a little bit of therapy. When I thought about the phrase, blessed or happy are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, I thought about these dads. They are attempting to do a righteous and a good thing, and they are persecuted because of it. So, let's close in prayer. No, I'm just, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much it. When I think about the phrase persecuted, uh, the idea or the connotation that comes up is enduring some sort of suffering. Uh, enduring some sort of strife, and persecution in this term can actually mean the kind of persecution that has come throughout history, through Christian history, as well as current and modern history. But like I said, what I'd like to do is dive in a little bit deeper into what could possibly be another definition around this word persecution. By the way, just a little footnote, next week we're going to get to the next portion of the Beatitudes, which Jesus mentions again this word persecution, the exact same Greek word. And he says, blessed are you for those of you who people insult you or people persecute you. People speak horrible things about you um, and do all kinds of evil against you because of me. So that definition is definitely there in this word. But this beatitude is happy are those of you who are persecuted. And then it's this phrase because of righteousness. So let's dig in and let's see if we can flesh something out that Jesus may have been alluding to. Now the Greek word behind the word persecution is the word dioko. Everybody say dioko. Just a nice word. And the Hebrew word behind the word persecution is the word radaf. Everybody say radaf. I like it when you say the Greek and the Hebrew makes you sound very scholarly and learned and erudite. Very nice. Now the word dioko and radaf has The meaning of persecution, as I mentioned before, somebody doing something horrible or bad or evil against you, somebody who's trying to threaten you and put that kind of pressure on you. But let me show you some other usages of this word, of both of these words of persecution, and see if we can come up with a different way in which these words have been used. Exodus chapter 14, verse 4. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them. Radaf is the Hebrew word pursue, go after, chase after. Now, there's the wonderful mix of kind of two definitions here. Chasing after as in pressing against, because obviously Pharaoh had a very contentious relationship with the Israelites, if we should say that. But the idea behind this usage is that he's going to go after them, pursue them. Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 20 Justice, and only justice, you shall pursue. Same word, radaf, so that you may live and occupy the land. Now here, this word is not the connotation of pursuing because of persecution, but pursuing because you want to attain something. You want to grab hold of. You are chasing after justice and only justice. You're pursuing that. And the reason why you do that is because you will find life. Amos chapter 5, verse 14. Seek, same word, seek good, not evil, that you may live. Now this is like a looking out after, like a searching for. Now, 
New Testament. Romans 14, 19. Let us therefore make every effort to do. Same word for persecute. Dioko. Make every effort to do. What leads to peace and to mutual edification. Now here the word is being used to say the thing that I want to acquire. The thing that I am searching, yearning after. The thing that I am attempting to do. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. So here the exact same word that is used for persecution is the word to follow. Psalm 34, 14, turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Chase after. Go after. Yearn to grab hold of. Now, these definitions, these definitions of this exact same word and term means something fairly distinctly different from the idea of Pressing after in order to persecute, to put you down, to insult you, to make you, ca- to cause you to suffer. That is a distinctly different. This definition appears to be pursuing, chasing, following, striving for. And it appears what may be going on with these terms and how it's used throughout both the Old and the New Testament is that there is something that you are looking for, something that you are pursuing, something that you are hoping and yearning for. And once you discover it, or once you've been commissioned for it, you are to go after it, to seek to grab hold, to chase after it, to follow it, which I'm terribly sorry reminds me of this image right here. Hello? Is it me you're looking for? Yes. It is you that I am looking for. And now that I have found you, I want to go after you. Take hold of you. Are you with me so far? Two different definitions, same word. One, persecute, cause insult, suffering, maybe even murder as a result of persecution. The other definition, those people who are being pursued, chased after, followed after, those people who are being striven for. And this is exactly why I have some questions about this phrase, happy are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, which is why I've put those quotation marks there. Could it possibly be that instead of persecution in this verse, meaning you suffering as a result of other people doing harm to you, is it possible that this verse is saying, happy are those who are being chased after? Happy are those who are being followed. Happy are those who have people yearning to grab hold of you. Happy are those people who are being striven for. Now, why do I suggest that? Well, the second phrase is going to make sense to me with that definition, because of righteousness. By the way, side note, 
There's this passage in Acts chapter 9. Many of you know the story of Saul. He's persecuting Christians. That word persecute meaning to kill actually. And later on in Acts chapter 9, he has this vision on the road to Damascus and has come into our modern colloquial as having a Damascus road experience. On that road, he sees the light, he hears a voice, and it's this person of Jesus. And he has a dialogue, and here's the phrase, Who are you, Lord? Saul asks. And here's the reply from Jesus. I am Jesus who you are persecuting. But with this new definition, I'm wondering if Jesus is doing kind of a play on words. I am Jesus, who you are actually pursuing. You're actually trying to strive after me. You're not doing it right, but I'm the one you're coming after. This definition of pursued, chased, goes on. 1 Peter 3.11, they must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. 1 Thessalonians 5.15, see that none of you repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to all. Hebrews chapter 12.14, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. These definitions are about yearning and striving for. And why does that make sense with the next phrase? It's because or for the sake of righteousness. Because or for the sake of righteousness. Now, a couple weeks ago, we talked about righteousness. And we talked about righteousness not just being about personal holiness or personal piety. Making sure that you have all of your religious T's crossed and your religious I's dotted. Making sure that you are morally upright and you're not doing bad, evil, nasty, dirty things that will, you know, taint your heart. Righteousness is this huge explosive word to mean justice, vindication, saving help, putting the world back to rights, making things work properly in accordance with the way God desires it. So this idea of pursuing somebody because of righteousness reminds me, if we go back to this verse, Deuteronomy chapter 16, justice and only justice you shall pursue so that you may live and occupy the land. The idea here embedded within these terms is that you are being pursued because you are the kind of people that are not pursuing these things. You're not chasing after these things, but because you're pursuing these things. Peace, justice, compassion, putting everything right in the world, and of course, justice. You are pursuing Justice. Yes, Pax got a shout-out last week, and Justice is going to get a shout-out this week. So catch me. Blessed are you who are being pursued, who are being chased after, who are being yearned for, who, who have people striving to take hold of you. Why? Because you are the kind of people that are working for justice in this world. You are the kind of people that are building God's kingdom here in this world. You are the kind of people that are seeking to put this world back together again. Because wherever injustice is, you are seeking to provide justice. Wherever 
Harm is you are seeking to put in compassion. You are seeking those things. So blessed are you who are being pursued because you are pursuing that. This to me implies within this beatitude that there is a reputation that Jesus is talking about. There is some sort of communication that he is giving us about the kind of life or the kind of living that we are living, the the kind of way in which we are living. And I'd like to do this little exercise very briefly. I put up these, and I've never done this before, so this is going to be a little bit risky. But I'm going to escape out of here, and I'm going to try something. If we're talking about the reputation of those who are following Jesus... And if Jesus is talking about people who are in his kingdom and his, in his movement being pursued after because Christians, those who have followed Jesus, are pursuing righteousness, justice, compassion, mercy, putting the world back to right again. The question for me that that implies is, are we pursuing? What kind of reputation do the followers of Jesus have in this world? And let's see what happens. Why are Christians so, and see what happens. Now, this was risky, just doing a quick search. Why are Christians so judgmental, fearful, dishonest, mean, hypocritical, intolerant, materialistic, anti-science? Why is the phrase... Not, why are Christians so compassionate, loving, pursuing justice? Why are they so kind and generous? I know that there's algorithms and all sorts of things that happen behind here. But I use that as an example of asking us the question. If somebody were to type that phrase into our lives, what results would come? And would we be the kind of people that would be greatly pursued because of our righteousness, justice, compassion, mercy, working so hard for this world? For those of you who have been around Spark for a little while, you know that one of our core values is the reputation of God. And this is exactly why. Because Jesus speaks about it, we believe it's really critical and important for the voice and the movement of the way of Jesus in this world, that the reputation of God is protected but also advanced. And if someone were to do a search on Spark and the people of Spark and the people of Jesus in their way, I wonder what results would come. You know, uh, there are unfortunate things that happen in this world. Um, as a result of the reputations of some people. And I saw this recently. Some of you um, probably have seen something similar, a little receipt. They're giving no tip. I give God 10%. Why do you get 18? And they had to write the word pastor, which is like, come on, seriously, really? And throw all of us under the bus. But this seemed to be an example of, look, we have... I guess principles that sometimes Christians and clergy and religious people stand for. And when we stand up for those things and the world comes after us, I feel as if this verse is somehow invoked. 
Blessed, happy am I because I am being persecuted because of my righteousness. And with this new definition, I just wonder, I just, something within me just kind of dreams and wonders and percolates. Have we misappropriated the idea of persecution by standing for things that Jesus never intended us to stand for? And if we were persecuted because of righteousness, that's one thing. But if we're persecuted because of things, and there could be thousands of different examples of this, then maybe we have misappropriated what this means. I'm going to suggest to you, my friends, that this phrase, blessed and happy are those of you who are persecuted, could possibly mean blessed, happy are those who are being pursued, sought after, yearned after, because of justice, righteousness, compassion, mercy, putting the world back together. And there's an example that I'd like to show in closing. It's a little clip out of a movie entitled, Lord, Save Us From Your Followers. And I think this illustrates a little bit of what I'm talking about. So let's take a look at this. We're going to give that one. This is Sheila Hamilton, news director at Portland rock station Kink FM. And she recently traveled to Ethiopia with Christian relief organization World Vision in an effort to find sponsorship for 400 AIDS orphans. This was the first time World Vision had ever paired up with a secular rock station. Apparently, World Vision has partnered with Christian radio stations like this for decades, and Christian listeners are well aware of being asked to help in these kinds of fundraisers. And they'd never done it with secular radio because they didn't think secular listeners would care. And I guess I find that, at the same time, appalling and fascinating because here I was looking for a way to get involved with Africa. I don't go to church on Sunday morning. I'm not a big Bible reader, but I have values and morals, and I care about what's happening on the other side of the world. And while World Vision had been skeptical of the secular media, Sheila was skeptical of the Christian world. My greatest fear, I think, was that I would go into these camps where children were dying of AIDS and that I would see Christians proselytizing. And then what did you actually see once you got there? Mostly what we saw was their great work. We saw them delivering bags of seeds. We saw them building wells, bringing incredible uh, farming capacity to those people that have never in their lives seen anything beyond a hoe. We went over there with the idea of, like, if we could get 400 of these children that we meet sponsored, if we could do that, it would have been wildly successful. And I thought, how in the world do you get a soccer mom who is worried about public schools and who is worried about her taxes to care about a place on the other side of the world? And they're beautiful kids. I mean, they're absolutely beautiful. And I was thinking about how many of them, number one, hadn't had breakfast. How many of them probably didn't get a square meal. And yet they they had so much joy. I brought out these little SpongeBob SquarePants stickers. And, you know, they're corny little stickers. But they're clamoring in line for a chance to get this little sticker. And because their clothes were... Their clothes were so filthy that, you know, when you press it against them, it would fall off. And so they would pick it up out of the dirt, and all day long you would see little kids holding this sticker to their chest because they were so thrilled to have something that meant, you know, I have this little piece of America. I thought it was really interesting that while in Africa, Sheila experienced how powerful a demonstration of true love can be. Seeing the work is so profound. 
because you see people wiping flies from the eyes of these babies, and you see them dressing wounds from these infants who have exposed sores because they were given AIDS by their mother. And you know, that work is so, bleh. it's so meaningful. You know, it's just like the kind of work that I don't know who else steps forward to do it. So those volunteers you met, did they tell you why they were there? Oh yeah, they know very well. It's Christ's work. We, we love Christ. This is, this is what he'd want us to do. We're living in, in his vision, in his eyes, you know. The success of the Kink and World Vision pairing proved again you don't have to agree on everything to work together to help others. And we brought the interviews back and the phone started ringing and by the end of the day we had 800 people that had stepped forward and said, we'll do this. That's not bad for a heathen rock and roll stage. <laughs> well, we're still heathen, but you know, we do care about other people's needs. For lots of Americans, all they know about Christians, they get from TV. In Ethiopia, things are a little different. There are no satellites. There's no newspaper. There's no radio. I didn't see a single television set the entire time I was in any of these camps. And so when you ask them what they know about Americans, they know only world vision. They know only of good work. They know only of benevolence. They know only of this great spirit of these people who have come to help them. So we've got pretty good PR going on there in terms of like, a, you know, a national foreign policy. I can get behind that. We can talk all day. So my friends, happy are all of you who are being pursued because of this kind of righteousness, because of this kind of justice, because of this kind of effort to put the world back to right. Father God, thank you for the amazing work that your people are doing all over this world. And I pray that we would continue to grab hold of you, that we would ultimately be in pursuit of you, because you are the ultimate example of what it means to exemplify this kind of righteousness in this world. And help us to do that by the power of your spirit, by the presence of Jesus, living and working within us. And may we set aside any false premonitions that we may have um, that we are being persecuted for things that maybe you never intended us to stand for. And help us, Lord, to raise within our own souls a desire to have the kind of reputation in this world that is desperately, desperately pursuing justice and righteousness and compassion and mercy through all of our work, both here and far. And I pray this in your name. Amen.